genre. That's a good way to test the mic. I can see your yawn. <laughs> we solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back, everybody, to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Minutes, the only podcast insane enough, dedicated enough, to overanalyze the Harry That's Potter perspective. <laughs> one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Rovey. I'm Victoria Cope. And we're back with uh, with the second week of our coverage of Chamber of Secrets. Uh, we're starting talking about minute number six. Today, minute six starts with Dobby's warning, and it ends with an apology. So, we started to talk about Dobby last week. Mm-hmm. Dobby is in Harry's room, and he sits down uh, in front of him, and he's like, I have, like, something that I have to tell you. What did he say at the end of last week? Maybe I have my notes still. Oh, he just, basically he says, like, I just came, like, to warn him, like, Dobby must warn Harry Potter. And so this is Dobby's warning. Dobby's warning is that there's a plot to make the most terrible things happen. And Harry says, what plot? No. What terrible things? Who's plotting them? Who's plotting them? <laughs> Which I think is really silly. I, 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 I like it. Who's plotting them? Who's plotting them? Uh, does Dudley... No. Dudley. Does Dobby know? Who exactly is plotting them? Well, I mean... Well, yeah. He lives with the Malfoys. Yeah, I assume he knows. Is this Lucius Malfoy's like we don't it seems to be that he's like head honcho death eater that's left yeah, right yeah was, um, at least it definitely gives that he's the death eater that you know, still has that, idea. that has the most status, status. he carries go. himself like the best of the death eaters yeah yeah um and i feel that with how people think of house elves that it's like he's not there or he's you know he's so unimportant that they talk about this kind of stuff and things Dobby and it doesn't matter but let's move a little bit further who's plotting them Dobby's like can't say like really struggling like gritting his teeth like oh like okay can he I asked this last week I'm gonna reiterate this question I really want someone to like either help me answer this but like is he magically bound from revealing these secrets. To not, like, say that aloud. Yeah. I mean... If, if, if he's not, then the alternative is, is that, that he's, been brainwashed? he's so brainwashed that he can't physically do it. Like, it's hurting him. Like, because he's just so traumatized conditioned conditioned sounds more likely to to not go against them i mean to the point that like if he feels that he's tread that line he he will take upon himself to punish himself for that transgression he will inflict 
uh, self-harm. I've heard of, I mean, there's old-timey religious stuff. Yeah, we touched on that, it. You you touched on it last that. week. I remember that being a big deal in one of the Dan Brown books. Yeah, yeah, they definitely talk about it in one of those books. Um, the, the I think it's the first one. I think it's Al- Angels and Demons, yeah. The, the albino, there's an albino character that has um, a device around his leg, and it's a choice that he makes himself to do this for his faith it's the cross that he bears right Uh and it hurts him physically but it's nothing compared to you know the suffering of the the suffering and whatever however you want to see it so maybe it's like that same thing where he's so conditioned he's so like devoted family devoted that he will hurt himself and it's his choice but that's not a good thing like you shouldn't feel that you have to do that I don't know. Well, it's interesting then because once he's presented with a sock. Right. It's not like he is... He's not like the other house elves and, um, I imagine... in which he can't separate himself from... Yeah. He just moves enslaved. on. He's like, all right, I'm free. Let's yeah. go. Out of here now. Well, but see, like, okay, so does, like, does that represent... Dobby's character growth over the course of the movie, he realizes that when he's treated like an equal, like he starts to see himself as an equal. And so when, when Harry Potter is responsible for Lucius freeing him, he's then able to stand against Lucius Malfoy without, without feeling like he needs to suffer for that as a consequence. Right. Hmm. Otherwise. Or, or because this is a magical world, we we could be thinking off of topic, and it is it could be a magical, a magical thing. In which case, that totally understands why it's easy for him. The to more leave. we t- well, because he all has always wanted to. Like he doesn't like being there. I think you've changed my mind. Because the more we talk about this, the more it sounds like that that like a, like a conditioning. Because if it is magic, like like. If the it doesn't well, seem okay, like... maybe it's not specific. Maybe it's not specific. Maybe maybe the the human house elf wizard house elf relationship is like it's a magical contract, right? And that like contract, contract can be vague enough that like you can't tell anyone else our secrets. You can't badmouth us. You have to do as we say, uh, or you'll face punishment. And then he's magically. Um, compelled to seek out that punishment when those things come about. Mm. And then the presentation of a piece of clothing, knowingly or not, apparently, right, is an, it breaks that contract. And then immediately he can like cast a spell at, at Malfoy. But he's able to do things in this minute now. That is magical. No, I'm not saying that he can't use magic. Right. Okay. I'm saying that, like, it's a magical... Bo- like, okay, like, that there are parameters to this magical binding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he is... This is a loophole. Like, he can't talk bad about the Malfoys or, like, reveal their secrets, but he can 
go tell Harry Potter in a vague sense that there is terrible things going to happen and that that it, that are being plotted. I feel like all this could be avoided if Dobby just was taught charades. <laughs> I bet you Harry would be really bad at playing charades. Because he's probably <laughs> never done it. That's true. That's true. He'd be, he'd be just as confused. Like, what? Like, they'd have to sit down and teach both of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, you can't tell me, and I don't know, so let's use this mechanic. This is a game where you say stuff without saying it. (laughs) It's like, what? How do you say stuff without saying it? It's like, you have to act it out. Act it out! It's like, oh. It's mime. Mime, yep. Call Essie Angerman. This little five minutes of mime joke there for you guys who like, uh other minute podcast minute style format podcasts um sure hey i like that show <laughs> i know you do it's fun sean did a a, a a a mime like like before the actual like like bit of silence that he uses for the mime um he rapped about mime and it was amazing <laughs> he rapped oh my god it was oh amazing god. it was like the greatest like he started he was just talking and then it became rhythmic and then it turned into and i was just like damn <laughs> that's so funny. it was really cool uh guys go check out five minutes of mime that's funny um i don't know i don't know i do think it must be like i think i think we could go either way Maybe we'll make a poll. What do you think? Is it like a magical binding, or do you think it's like a like a compulsion, right? A conditioning. Is it is it, is it, is it actual... conditioning, or is it like magical compulsion? Because they're both really bad. I mean, a magical thing is bad because like you have like no choice. It's a magical thing that's forcing you to do this or not do this. Uh-huh. And then the conditioning is all like an actual I I also, mental thing. I don't think it can be conditioning because if we're conditioning, then he wouldn't have been able to say well, he wasn't able to say that he's never met any decent wizards. Immediately he takes it back. Yeah, exactly. Huh. And it's not like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. It was a, oh, that was a terrible thing to say. Like, he regrets saying it. Like, he feels bad about not guilty like he feels bad about it right like like he thinks that they deserve better than that it's weird it's weird See, and then that's a totally different thing that's a mental thing that has no magic in it whatsoever and that's scary and kind of worse yeah it's like he's like you broke his mind or broke his will in a way broke his will is a better one we again i can just we don't know when how old he was when he became a became a house elf like how we don't know the we don't know it it seems to me that born house elf yeah yeah i think that's got to be the 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 way it works like a generational thing like that i don't know it's crazy no poor dobby poor dobby because he hitting himself with that lamp and it sounds uh fleshy Yes, he's hitting himself he's so pretty hard. hard. This is when Vernon like really like hears him. Vernon is telling a joke. Yeah, he comes up and tells him. And, and you just interrupted the punchline of my Japanese golfer joke. It's like what is he telling telling racist jokes? Ah, uh, that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> about a Japanese golfer. So I consulted the internet. I don't want to like tell a racist joke on this podcast. No, of course not. 
but I took to the internet to see like where like if if anyone knows like what the Japanese golfer joke is. And instead I just found a bunch of jokes about Japanese golfers? Well, no, I actually found a bunch of threads that were like, what is the joke that they were telling in Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets? Like, oh. <laughs> like, like maybe there isn't a Japanese golfer. <clears throat> so there is a joke about an American, uh, an Englishman, and a Japanese guy. No, an American, a German, and a Japanese guy playing golf together. And I think it's sort of about, like, I think I think the joke the joke isn't about, like, the Japanese guy. It's about, like, te- the technology of each of these places, right? So, like, okay. like the American guy, like, he, he gets a phone call, but what he does is he, like, puts his hand to his face, like, his thumb in his ear and his pinky by his mouth, and uh, and takes this phone call, and then he explains that he's got, like, uh, the, the latest American technology. He has, like, stuff implanted in his body so that he can, like, have this phone call like this. Like, there's something in his finger and there's something in his in his thumb and when he presses it to his ear, like, he can make that connection and so that's how they, like, have this conversation. And then later, the German guy, the same thing, like, but instead of putting his hand to his ear, he just, like, tilts his head, like, he cocks his head like he can hear it. And so he explains that, like, in the German, like, his German technology, it's, like, there's a thing in his brain so that, like, receiving the, the audio component and then there's, like, a thing in his tooth so that he can speak back. And then uh, later the Japanese guy goes off by himself and they find him squatting and he says that he's waiting for a fax. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, I don't think that's the joke he's telling either though. That's a a hell of a implant to be able to to accomplish that. Yes. Uh, but I just, I just, I thought that that was like, I thought that that was interesting. I don't know. Like I, there's other ones. There were things that were worse that I'm definitely not gonna, but I found a Reddit thread that was just like different people like throwing out ideas for like what this Japanese golfer joke could be. That's funny. I would think if he's calling it a Japanese golfer joke, that is specifically about a Japanese golfer is the punchline Um, or something to do with the the Japanese golfer. Well, see, I think in the book... Um, and now I want to check, but I think in the book, he says, when he talks about the Jap- when the Japanese golfer joke gets mentioned in chapter two, I am fairly certain that he says, as we were arriving at the ninth hole, like, this is, isn't like a joke that he found in a joke book or heard from someone, like, it's he's a, recounting something, experience. yes, that he, that happened to him. I see. Uh-huh. And this is just like his material. <laughs> like some stand-up or something. Right, like he's doing a routine. <laughs> There's a woman that comes into the bookstore all the time. Uh, to take it off topic a little bit, but she always comes in and she always like is cutting up. Uh, no, she's she's she she's always talking about this woman, her friend named Terry. But I've never met Terry. I don't think anyone in the bookstore knows who Terry. This Terry she's talking about is. But when she talks about Terry, she, like, whenever we had the Halloween decorations up and we had, like, some skeletons and we had some witches, and she's like, oh, you've got all this stuff that's got Terry all over it. And I was like, like, she's always, like, as if it's funny. Like, she's, she's, but no one knows who this woman she's talking about yeah, is. Yeah, And so I asked Sam, my friend Sam at the bookstore. There is no Terry. And he was like, I don't think there it's is a Terry. Terry. And so yeah. I was like, so is she doing material? Right? That's what I'm, <laughs> like, like, that's the first thing that came to my head, and I'm just like, there's no Terry. <laughs> There's really no Terry. I don't think so either. You're just, you're just doing but a. Literally bit. every single time I see this woman, she tells me about Terry. That's 
that's so that's funny. the only like I don't think we've talked about anything but her friend Terry. That's so weird. But she she buys a lot of books, so she's not like totally out of it. <laughs> she's got money. <laughs> well, and well, and she's got. She has to have some, like, mental acuity because she's, like, reading, like, an avid reader. She drives herself to the bookstore. Like, she's yeah, not yeah. like she's, like, like some woman who, <laughs> some crazy off the road or something. Like, she... Right, right. I don't know. I have no idea. It's what so if, What weird. if her friend Terry is just, like, an invalid? Like... I don't know. <laughs> like, she can't leave the house. Well, but, like, but, but it seems like, like, the way that these stories are told, person. this mystery Terry, Terry also will badmouth her friend Lorraine, the woman who comes in. Okay. And so she'll tell us some jokes that Terry said about her. <laughs> like, the two of them are, like, like playfully insulting each other. Uh-huh. But I just don't know. It's so weird. All of the, all of her, every time, it's always, like, insulting. Like, both ways. That's so funny. I, I don't get it. All right. So I we're we're letting the we're we're way off topic here. Right. Mystery, <laughs> mystery people. Mystery people. Well, so Japanese golfer joke. So something apparently happened to him like like Vernon golfs? Yeah. So so I guess Vernon Vernon so must I guess Vernon golfs. Or on the case of this just being Vernon's material, Vernon doesn't golf and this is this story is a lie. <laughs> right, like like Terry. He's 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 just uh yeah, he's doing a bit. Yeah. Yes, Vernon's doing a bit. I really love so so it's like radio personalities, you know, like that's not really them. They're doing a thing. Maybe maybe this girl that comes to your bookstore, like that's not she's 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 doing a thing. I guess it makes her feel better. I guess she's like a seventy year old woman. Even even more likely, like she, she she's not doing anything else. <laughs> she's she's enjoying herself. Exactly. She goes whenever she goes shopping. Do you think everywhere she goes, she tells people about her friend Terry? Maybe it's not always Terry. Maybe. maybe there's different people for different places she goes. She's like, oh yeah, Terry is my bookstore. Yeah, this one has Jerry. And this one is Gary. This one has Gary and all. <laughs> and Harry. And Mary. And, and Larry. Oh my God. Yeah. Carrie. Barry. They're Jerry. All different stores. Like, what if she has a pet? She goes to the pet store. Totally different material. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. So. But okay, so I keep I keep meaning to say this. I keep looking up at the exact same time, and I keep meaning to say this. Dobby was smashing himself in the face with this lamp. Yes. And then we cut Quite to hard. Vernon telling the joke before, um, before we actually hear him come upstairs and mention the, the Japanese yeah, golfer yeah. joke. But there's a moment the camera is like in the living room, like I think where their dining room table would be. Mm-hmm. And we see him telling the joke. He's standing. The Masons, his wife, his son, they're all sitting. And he's telling this joke. He's, like, putting on a performance. Maybe this is a bit. He's the only one standing. And This we, was rehearsed. Yeah. Definitely. And we heard, uh, we hear from upstairs the sounds of, like, the bumping, the thumping of the... Of the, what? Of, of, is he hitting himself so hard that he's hearing the bumping of the lamp on his head? I think so. Good lord. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And then you get this really amazing camera push. Like, zoom right. in all the way on his face. And, and it is such kinda, a good shot. And he's getting, like, kind of squinty and looking up. Like, I know. Mm, that boy. Exactly. Like, Making what all is that the noise. I know, he comes in and he's like, what the devil are you doing in here? It's timed out so well so that dressed like, and Dobby, he shoves Dobby into, like, his little wardrobe Yeah, Harry, thing. Harry grabs Dobby by, like, the scruff of the shirt 
and like shoves him in the closet and then pushes the closet shut. As soon as that shut, like his front, his, his door comes door open. Uh huh. And oh, there's Vernon. What would have happened if Vernon had walked in the door and like Dobby was standing there? Oh man, I think Vernon would have flipped. Oh man, I don't know what he would have been able to do at that moment because there's people downstairs and you have and you put bars on the kid's window. What the hell is this thing? So you can't like shove it out the window. He hasn't put the bars on the window yet. Oh, that's right, right. This is that's after this scene. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I suppose he could throw Dobby out the window. I don't know. Tell Harry to take him to the bathroom and lock him in the bathroom and stay in there. I don't know. But either way, it's going to make sound up there. Hide him in the cupboard under the stairs. To take him downstairs that close to the Masons? Mm, I don't no. know about that. So he just sticks him in his closet. I love that like Dobby keeps trying to like push the closet open. Or the wardrobe open. And Harry has to keep pushing it shut. <laughs> he wants to peek out there. Uh-huh. What's going on out there? Vernon's like, you, you, you said off mic, like... I mean, if they, if, if, if they think that the thumping was the cat, then can't they hear him yelling at Harry? But he says, what the devil are you doing up here? Which, which I work, think which still works. works for a cat. It works. What are you doing? No, I've definitely yelled at my cats. What are they doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, what the, <laughs> the hell, cat? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I also want to mention one other little thing that I really like in this minute, and that is the drawing of the owl on Harry's wardrobe. Yes. That is not, um, it is not Hedwig. Is, is, it's is, just like is, another, is owl. another owl. No, so, so he's, but he's got, he's got, so he's got this little owl drawing on his, on his thing and it's he's cute. pushing, he just keeps pushing the, the door shut. He's like, I'm sorry. You just ruined the punchline to my Japanese golfer joke. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Vernon raises his finger and he doesn't get to say anything because that's tomorrow. Yep. I think that's everything I have for today. We sufficiently got off the rails. But fun editing things for you. It'll be fine. I'll handle it. Uh, join us tomorrow, everybody, for minute number seven of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, you can find us on DuelingGenre.com, Facebook, Twitter, all the things. So go do that and uh, mischief managed. managed.